Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Internet Marketing. Hello everyone, this is episode 109 of Internet Marketing, brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. And in today's show, Kelvin talks to David Meerman Scott, author and online marketing strategist. All coming up in Internet Marketing. So, David, I mean, one of the ways that I came across you, um, you know, my very first interaction with you and that led on to me reading your books was via some of your, um, you know, your free ebooks that you've got and yeah. you know, your white papers, as it were. And I mean, it was the the new rules for PR that was the one that kind of first introduced uh, me to you. Um, do you think that that kind of sharing of white papers, sharing of ebooks is a kind of a good strategy that people should be should be doing more of, as it were, sharing a little bit of their knowledge to kind of to pique people's interest and take it from there? Is that kind of a, a good approach and any particular tips for? Oh, I think it's a a great approach, Kelvin. I mean, uh, so many people, though, don't do it because they're afraid of giving away their information, um, number one. So they don't give information away at all or in a very small Mm -hmm. way because they want people to contact them to get the information. Um, The second thing that people, I think, do that's wrong is they put a requirement you have to give an email address in front of white papers or ebooks or other types of information mm. which um, does a does a job of making sure that people don't get the content because I mean you and I know I mean and yeah. anyone who's listening knows that when you're when you when you um, are requested to send a uh, to give your email address and other personal information down a piece of information you're unlikely to do it so mm-hmm. my approach which works really well is make it completely free make it incredibly valuable give away your best stuff because that will spread your ideas like crazy and you'll get um, people who you never even knew before uh, looking at your information and it will it'll ultimately drive business for you yeah, and I think I think yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I, I've I've had an interesting experiment where I've experimented in something slightly differently recently, where I've been exchanging that kind of a tweet in terms of you know. So if you tweet it, you get the content for free, which is kind of even that very different to an email capture. But I I know that that's had a huge impact on limiting the amount of people that will share that. And I think being prepared to give it away for free does make you know really make a huge difference. Yeah, I mean, the, side, I've yeah. calculated it to be between twenty to one to fifty to one is the ratio between the number of people you get if you make it your information. Um, you have to give registration for it um, versus not registration. So in other words, if you do a great white paper 
and you put a registration mm-hmm. form in front of it. Maybe you'll get a thousand people in a year who will look at it. That's great. Mm-hmm. You got a thousand email addresses. But if you don't put a registration in front of it, you'll get between twenty thousand and fifty thousand downloads of your of your white paper. And then you've got that many people out there sharing it. The other thing that happens that's so interesting is that people um, are much, much, much more willing to share on Twitter or Facebook or their blogs information that's totally free because they're, they're, they know that they're not going to um, uh, provide something that could eventually be uh, you know, p- considered spam later on or unwanted mm. phone calls from people uh, over forms that are requiring registration. So that means um, that making it without registration spreads the information more, much more further, and also it increases your search engine results for the landing page for the ebook or white paper because when everybody is, is sending that information out there, you're building up all these inbound links. So yeah, really from that side of things, if you want, you know, there's a lot more to be gained from making the information free than you gain by potentially getting the email address of them. In the long run, you're much better off making it that much more available. In my opinion, that's absolutely true. But I do recognize there's a debate around this. There are other, it's a religious debate. (laughs) It's like here here in America, Republicans versus Democrats. It's a a debate that uh, people are very passionate about on both sides. I come down very hard on the side of make it totally free. And it's worked for you in terms oh, of you yeah. know, building up your audience and, and credibility there. I well, mean, and, and, one you, of those... and you just said it. You, you didn't know me mm. before and you found my free mm. stuff, right? And, yeah. that's, and we're having yeah. the conversation now. It wouldn't have happened mm. if I hadn't given away that free stuff. Um, I, I calculate that uh, between the six or eight ebooks that I've written since 2005, and the one you read, uh, That New Rules of mm. PR, was the first one I put out, uh, have been downloaded well over two million times in total. So that's two million people who have seen my stuff. That's incredible. And yeah, yeah, there's some huge value in that. That's led on to you to, you know, to produce some kind of, you know, quite a lot of paid for full blown books as well. I mean, one of the ones that, you know, kind of I've come across recently is that talking about real time marketing, which I think is a really interesting concept. Is it okay to do kind of a bit of a a crash course in what is real time marketing and, you know, and and how how is that of impact and interest? Sure. My first job was on a Wall Street bond trading desk uh, in the 1980s. So that dates me a little bit. But um, in the 1980s, computer technology was just entering trading floors. And it it became it transformed from a clubby old boys kind of telephone based phone system way of trading to intensely real time up to the second based on news and data. I believe the exact same thing now is happening in the marketing and public relations areas, uh, customer service and, and product development even as well. But the idea that um, that things are happening instantly, and we have access to be able to see what's going on for free because we've got access to the web, mm. and we've also got the ability to insert ourselves into what's going on. I mean, some great examples, for example, the, the Chilean miners when they were emerging from their hole after being uh, down, down uh, trapped underground for, for something like 50 or 60 days. When they came out, they were wearing Oakley sunglasses. And Oakley, in real time, figured out that these guys were going to need eye protection when they emerged into the sunlight after being underground for so many weeks. So they donated 33 pairs of sunglasses. And then when they came out of the hole, over a billion people saw them wearing Oakley sunglasses. And uh, that 
tiny little effort in terms of the amount of time it took and the tiny little effort in terms of the amount of money it took was only possible because they were aware of what was going on in real time, in this case, the, the media around the Chilean miners and being trapped. And that's what any organization can do. And what it does that's so so fascinating is it doesn't matter how big your company is, doesn't matter how much budget you have. Um, if you're paying attention to what's going on, what people are saying on Twitter, what's happening in the news, what's happening on your website, that you're able to then uh, take advantage of it in real time. So I think that the job of a marketer, the job of a PR person, the job of an entrepreneurial business owner is going to be a bit like bond trading. And and in many cases, um, it's already happening. And if you see something happen You've got to be the first to react. That's how you make millions of dollars in the bond market. That's also how you can make millions of dollars for your business if you're um, paying attention to what's going on and you can react to it. And in terms of the, the challenges that you know, real-time marketing presents, is, is it mostly to do with the tools and the means of being able to monitor it, or is it just kind of the style and approach of marketing? Is it kind of it's the tools or just the way you do it that needs to change? You know the what? The tools are fairly straightforward. They're the tools that I think most people who are listening in already know. It's things like Twitter and blogs and Facebook and so on YouTube. Um, the tools are easy to learn. What's the challenge for most organizations that I speak with is the mind mindset shift. You know, the, the mindset of marketing and public relations has really been around, and by the way, customer support too, and things like product development, has, and hiring employees, another good example, has always been around long-term planning processes. I mean, you think about marketing, there's all these campaign war mentalities, you know, where you you think about what you're going to do three, four, five, six months into the future. You've got a new product release and you work on that for months and months and months and then the big day comes and you release your product. Well, when you, I've got nothing against long-term planning. I mean, that's fine. Go ahead and do it. But the challenge becomes how can you shift your mind from only being focused on stuff far into the future to focusing your mind on what's happening right now this second I mean, not, not tomorrow. Tomorrow's fine. But what's happening today? What's happening now? What's happening this second? And how can you uh, react um, both when something negative happens and, and much more importantly, when something positive is happening? And how can you be a part of the discussions that are going on right this second about your company, your products and services, the industry you're in, uh, or something related that you can be a benefit to people around? Yeah, no, I think yeah, I think that's a. You're right. It's ad- adapting that mentality, but if you can get it right, there's huge opportunities. Huge. So like you say, very, very, very small. You know, budgetary wise and effort wise, but it's the kind of it's the the it kind of the real time nature of how the web is going amplifies those, those actions. Yeah, and it, and it you know, absolutely is the challenge of shifting your mind. I'll give you an exa- a great example. Uh, it's actually a B2B example. A company called Eloqua happened to be on their board of advisors. They're in the marketing automation software space. And Joe Payne, who's the CEO of Eloqua, saw on his BlackBerry that one of his biggest competitors, a company called Market to Lead, was being acquired by Oracle. 
He went to the mm-hmm. Oracle website when he learned this information, and there was a, only a very terse three-sentence announcement about this acquisition. So Joe knew he had an incredible opportunity, but he had that opportunity right then, that hour. He couldn't wait. So he did a blog post on the corporate blog, Eloqua Corporate Blog, um, and he talked in very high-level terms about what the marketing automation software space um, uh, is now experiencing because this giant corporation, Oracle, has seen the importance of the space and made this acquisition. Now, what's interesting about this is how quickly he reacted. So few organizations are prepared to do a blog post with with an hour's notice. He was able to do it. And now, imagine you're a member of the media and you've got to write a story about this acquisition. Who are you going to turn to? Well, there's three sentences on Oracle's website, or there's this fantastic blog post on Joe Payne's blog, who's the, comp- who's the competitor of the company that was acquired. So all of the media outlets, dozens of them writing about, and, and also analysts writing about this acquisition, quote Joe Payne, the competitor, in their stories. Then they sent an email uh, soon after they did the blog post with a link to the blog post, to everybody in the Eloqua database who was mm-hmm. tagged as being a customer of the competitor, the market to lead, the company that was acquired. Oh, okay. And they said to each of these companies, hey, we know that your marketing automation software vendor is market to lead. Uh, we just want to let you know that our CEO, Joe Payne, has just written a blog post about what the acquisition of market to lead by Oracle means to the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Well, amazingly, the first time that those customers Customers of Market to Lead heard that their marketing automation vendor was acquired by Oracle was from from that email. Remarkably, neither Oracle nor Market to Lead chose to tell their clients that the acquisition had happened. So yeah. now, all of a sudden, who, who do you trust? <laughs> yeah. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. 
No, yeah. and, and, and it turns out this one blog post by this B2B software company ended up generating over a million dollars worth of sales because companies like Red Hat Software and Trustee, which is the, the internet trust um, company, uh, immediately said, well, geez, you know, this company looks like a great company to, to, to do business with. I think I'm going to swap. And, and they went with, the, with Eloqua. A million dollars worth of business for a B2B software company from one blog post. The only yeah. reason it's succeeded though is because it happened in real time and that's interesting isn't it because i know you've been talking a bit recently about kind of companies restricting access to social network sites um, for their employees and potentially that having some ramifications but i mean i think that there is a clear example of how that can be like a, a real big problem isn't it you know that kind of restriction because if if for whatever reason his intranet hadn't let it let him go on you know the twitter to see the news that was talking about you know if he hadn't have got that head start of an hour as it were like you were saying that he, he never would have made that blog post oh absolutely case. yeah absolutely and 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 what i've seen is that approximately 25 percent of organizations block access to the exact real-time social networking sites that you need to be successful with this approach, Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and other sites like that, uh, and which is exactly the wrong approach. I mean, that, that's like in 1890 when the telephone was invented to ban it, or or like mm. in the in the early 1980s. You know, PCs are starting to come around onto onto desktops of of corporations, and it's like the the, the company is banning PCs because uh, it, it really be, the really the reason that companies ban these things is because they're ignorant and fearful. They're ignorant because they don't know what the tools do, and, and then because they don't know, they immediately become fearful, and they decide that the right course of action is to just simply ban what they don't understand. But the best approach is to develop a set of guidelines that allow people to be able to engage using these tools and techniques, um, yet not that many companies have, have gotten around to doing that. And instead, they either just let people do what they want to do, which you know has got its issues um, because some people just don't know the right approach. Uh, and, and then the second thing, which I think is even far worse, is they just outright ban it because of fear. And yeah, I mean, I think you're right that, that <clears throat> access to those sites is really, really important. And if you prevent the access to them, you can never see the benefits of them. And, you know, I've heard absurd stories of people who have been employed as social media managers and gone into organisations where they're not even allowed on, you know, the, you know, they've spoken in their interview about, you know, all the process of, OK, yes, well, you know, what would you do with our Twitter account? What would you do with your Facebook account? Yeah. Go in and then they can't even download TweetDeck. Yeah, you know what I mean? and right, it's, it's, right. And, and, right. And it, you know what? Those companies... They, 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 they want to do social media because it's a checkbox, you know? What do you do with your marketing at, at this big company? Well, you know, we do direct mail, checkbox. We do television advertising, checkbox. We do magazine advertising, checkbox. Trade show um, uh, presence, checkbox. We speak at events, you know, all these things. Oh, do you do social media? Sure. We, you know, we got checkbox and we do it because we hired this one guy who sits in a corner somewhere and fiddles around with our Facebook page. But that's not real time. Um, communications. That's uh, uh, using the tools of real time as just another form of advertising, which 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 just doesn't get the, doesn't doesn't um, use those tools in the right way. Yeah, and it's just window dressing, isn't it? It's not really going to have any real impact unless you do it properly. I on that think side so. Of I mean, again, I, th I I think social media are just the tools. What we're talking about here is a real time mindset that allows an organization to truly break through when the entire planet in some cases 
it's, is talking about something. Um, and it's, it's not, maybe not often a, the whole planet's going to talk about your industry or your marketplace or your products, but certainly on a very regular um, uh, occasion, they'll be talking about something that you can then insert yourself into, you know, like the um, Chilean miners with Oakley sunglasses, which is a B2C example, or, or Eloqua, which is a B2B example. So, I mean, a, a, an interesting question here for you, uh, David. I, I mean, I've had Mila, one of my researchers, delving, delving back in the history, and she, she found a quote from you in 2008 saying that, you, you know, you, di- you didn't do LinkedIn. Has, <laughs> has your opinion changed on, on LinkedIn at all um, um, for a way of marketing yourself, or are you, or have you kind of, you know, you're, you're still standing by your guns? Yeah, it's, a, it's like some real crack research work there. Uh, in fact, if you <laughs> want to check it out, anyone who's listening, just Google the phrase, why I am not on LinkedIn, and you'll find the answer. Um, in fact, I am not on LinkedIn. And it's not that I have anything necessarily against LinkedIn, but I, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I, I realize in my own life, and I think everybody should realize in their own lives, that you can't go to every party. Mm-hmm. No, there's 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 a whole bunch of parties on Saturday night. You can't go to all of them. You have to pick and choose. Um, I'm going to um, the South by Southwest conference um, mm-hmm. uh, coming up in Austin, Texas. I've already been invited to about 25 parties, and there's a whole bunch of other ones that I haven't specifically been invited to, but I could conceivably go to. I'm only there two nights. Mm-hmm. I can't go to all those parties. There's no way. So you got to pick and mm-hmm. choose. I'm I'm yeah. very I'm personally very active on Twitter. I'm a, I, I I'm on Facebook. I write um, uh, a blog. I write uh, some magazine articles. I write books. And um, uh, I have a video channel on both YouTube and Vimeo. I have an iPhone application with content on it. I'm doing a lot of stuff in the mm. real-time world, uh, and I've made choices that um, there's a number of different um, applications and social networks that I'm I'm just not going to go on. So I have not changed my mind on LinkedIn. That data from 2008 mm. still accurate. I'm not on LinkedIn. Um, doesn't mean I might change my mind someday, but at the moment I recognize that I'd rather sit down, relax, have a couple of drinks at, at, at a select few parties than try to spread myself so thin that I'm going to each party for two minutes apiece. And I, I think that's a, a really good lesson to learn there, isn't it? It's just because you can doesn't mean you should, uh, you know, and sometimes actually the act opting out is the right decision rather than sort of dipping your toe in the water and not really going for it. So, I, you know, I, I I'm impressed by so. that approach. I think so. I mean, in my, it works for me and it works for other people who do the same thing. I mean, I know you've had um, Seth Godin on the show before. Um, Seth mm. Godin is not on Twitter. And, mm. you know, he's just made the decision. He's not going to be on Twitter. And, and that doesn't make that's, – that's not – you can't really draw any conclusions to that. It's just he's made choices. He's a busy guy. He puts out tons of content. He does, like, on average, one blog post a day. It's fantastic. Uh, and, it's you know, it's just great to be able to interact with people like Seth in the ways that, that he want to, wants to interact. And, no, you can't do everything. And one of the, one of the things I, I really like about you, David, and your your work is the kind of you know some of the very like practical takeaway lessons that you kind of share. And I mean, one that that, that I really enjoyed was kind of the the concept of you know almost using your Wi-Fi network name as a, an opportunity <laughs> to promote yourself. Is there any kind of like you know for you know someone who's listened to this show, they've been really inspired about the real time web, and you kind of go, okay, yeah, I've got some energy, I've got some you know desire to do things. What's some kind of the practical things they can go off and do very quickly that they'd be able to to, to see some benefits? Um, uh, you know, uh, really. Quickly. It's really funny you picked up on the Wi-Fi one. That, I mean, somebody sent me um, 
uh, an email and just said, "Hey, you know, I've just started thinking about Wi-Fi network names as a as a way of of doing real time advertising." The concept is, as you're walking down the street, uh, or you're sitting in a, in a in a coffee shop or something, you, you fire up your notebook computer or your or your iPhone, you check out, try to find a free Wi-Fi network. You see the names of those networks. You know, why not? Why not? Maybe put a little advertising message in there. People are mm. seeing in real time. You know, if you if you run a bar, you know, say free drinks at you know my bar whatever yeah. you know it's kind of it's kind of interesting <laughs> so what what yeah. what that teaches what that taught me that particular one taught me is that we're all making this stuff up, up as we go along you know much like when the bond trading markets in the 80s were 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 going through its revolution people were making up new ways to trade every every couple of weeks and the same thing is happening right now you know how can you get yourself into the marketplace so what i recommend people do is is first of all to listen listen really well find out um, you know use Google alerts and TweetDeck or some other form of way to find what's going on on blogs on the Twitter feeds on YouTube videos and whatnot that are related to your business your company even you personally your category of product um, or, or other sorts of things. So, so, so follow some specific search terms, but also keep your mind open to serendipity. Keep your mind open to what's going on in the news that maybe you didn't think to do a search for. I'm sure Oakley Sunglasses did not have a search on for miners trapped underground. They just happened to see that when um, you know when they were watching the news or following, and a bit news. of a creative, uh, creative spark of genius yeah, there, that type exactly. yeah, and allow that serendipity to happen. You yeah. got it exactly. And then I think I think it's also really important to recognize that you're not going to succeed every time. You know, it's and failure is okay. What's failure? Failure is you try something and it didn't work. Well, I think in these ideas of real time communications, just like the ideas of bond trading, every trade isn't going to make you money. Every time you try to do a little marketing um, initiative or, 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 or PR initiative based on something that's happening in real time, it will not be always successful. And it's okay if it, if it does not become successful. Uh, and, and, a fa- and a failure in our, in our society means that it wasn't success. But in, in these ideas, failure is simply that the idea didn't catch on and, and, and you know, hundreds or thousands of people didn't see it. You, know, you stick it out there on a tweet or, or a blog post and you only have a few people that look at it. In some people's minds, that might be a failure. In my mind, it was a valiant effort that didn't work, but maybe next time it will. But it's not something to be um, disappointed about. It's not something that you should allow your bosses to come down on you on. Um, I mean, you tried something and it didn't work. That's great. If you have that culture of trying, maybe the next time will be something that generates a million dollars for your business. That's a fantastic takeaway there, David. I really, really appreciate your time. And yeah, I think uh, some really good ideas there for people to explore. Thanks so much, Gavin. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org where you'll find show notes, links and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments and questions from you. If you want to send an email, send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. 
Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number, if you're outside of the UK, it's plus four four one two seven three two five six one five zero. If you're inside the UK, it's o one two seven three two five six one five zero. And you can leave a voice comment or question, and we'll play it on the show. Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a, a rating on iTunes itself. Well, that's it for now. Andy White signing off until next week on Internet Marketing. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.